You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 300. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 300. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hello, beautiful. How the hell are ya? A roller coaster ride. You know, oh, life's a roller gosh. coaster. We've been doing the house hunt out here, and it's <sighs> it's it's a roller coaster. That's it the only way I can describe it. Roller coaster. Alive. Of <laughs> oh my gosh. What's well, up, pod people? So we're taking a little break from the home hunt to pop by your podcast feed and share some info about. Anger. This is something mm, that hmm. we all contend with. Absolutely. But a lot of times we end up contending with it in a way that doesn't feel very empowered. It almost feels like it's in control of us. And we very rarely get the results we want when we communicate from a place of anger. So I want to talk about some ways to just address dealing with this issue because it is what's considered a secondary emotion, which what which is one of the things we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. But it's also our most easily accessible emotion. Yeah. So it's what we tap into pretty much right right away whenever yeah. we're up against kind of an obstacle. It's true. It's right on the surface, isn't it? It is. So instead of, you know, punching somebody in the teeth, I'm going to give you a couple <laughs> of <laughs> ideas, some do's and don'ts, and then we'll walk through sort of a four-step process of dealing with anger. And I will tell you kind of from the get-go that a lot of this is counterintuitive because everything in us when we experience anger wants to fight, wants to be adversarial, wants to get it out of our systems, wants to scream and yell, wants to hit things even. And if you've ever done that and then regretted it immediately, you've known that it doesn't usually get you where you want to go. It doesn't yield the result that we're looking for. That's right. We're going to dig into all of that today, but before we do, why don't we just uh, pass it over to your corner? Oh, yeah. The corner of the studio. Uh, yeah, there's a little segment over in this corner of the studio <laughs> that we like to call... Would you rather... Yes, we do. And today's Would You Rather is... Would you rather hmm. give a lab dance oh. to Gonzo from the Muppets? Okay. Or receive a lap dance from Mr. Snuffleupagus. Oh, wow. That's a lot coming at you. Snuffleupagus. Yeah, that's a lot of booty coming at you. Hey, Snuffy. (laughs) He's what you call a big boy. Or is it a girl? No, mister. He's a mister. He's a mister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got those big dreamy eyes, though. I know. With Mm -hmm. the the big lashes. Yeah. Okay, now, wait a minute. Now, was Gonzo the one? Was he always, like, flying through the air and, like, falling He was getting shot out of a cannon all the time. Oh, Okay. He was trying to show off to all the chickens. Oh my god, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and and then he would end up, but wouldn't he always end up crashing into? Yeah, yeah, he'd always end up hurting himself. Yeah. Okay, so you give you <laughs> give a lap dance to Gonzo. Yep. Or right. receive a lap dance from Mister Snuffleupagus. Uh, 
I, That's such a fun word to say. It snuffy, yeah, snuffle up against. Even I think because right now I'm so tired. <laughs> like the idea of getting up and doing putting some effort into a lap dance feels like way too much work. That's funny. But then also like all of that snuffy coming at you is like that's a lot. That's a to lot manage. of snuffy. That's a. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you could get choked out real quick. Like, you could, you could, but you know, some people dig that. And I wonder how many people are actually inside of snuffy. Like, was it just one person? Oh, oh, I was it? like, whoa, where are you taking this? You're like, nobody is getting <laughs> eaten by Snuffy. No, no, no. Like, the actual puppeteer. I'll have to... I, have actually- I think it's two because he has back legs and front legs. Okay. So, yeah, you'd actually be getting... That's, that's like a twofer? A lap dance from a random. A twofer? Yeah. <laughs> like a twofer one? <laughs> I think right now... I would go for that just because I'm so tired and I don't feel like <laughs> putting the effort into a dance. <laughs> what would you do? I would love to see the expression on Gonzo's face when a six foot four, 240 pound dude <laughs> comes over to give him a lap dance. I bet it would be amazing. So I'm going to go with give a lap dance to Gonzo. All right. And I'm going to go with receive. And we would love to hear <laughs> what you would rather. And we'd also love to hear your rationale. And we talk about it every single day. Or and not every day. Every single Monday. Every that day. Is. Every day. It's all day, every day. All day, all every day. Would, would you rather? rather. No, on Mondays over in my After Hours Facebook group, Mr. Smith hangs out with us and we always talk about the Would You Rather on Mondays and we do Warm Fuzzy Wednesdays, we do a cue and slay on Thursdays where you can submit questions and I sound off on a live training and it all goes down in the After Hours community and it's an amazing, just supportive, beautiful corner of the internet. We would love for you to come hang out. All you got to do is go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. That redirects you right over to the Facebook group. And I run a really tight ship, so it's not like a lot of Facebook groups where people start selling their shit and all of that. No, none of that. We're talking personal D, personal <laughs> development. That's it. Where was your head going? Where was well, your head? Well, when you say personal D, you know what I'm thinking. <laughs> come on. You don't have to ask. All right. So. Let's rope this show back in. Yeah, let's get back to anger. Okay, so let's talk about (laughs) anger. Four steps to dealing with anger without punching somebody in the teeth. Or just massively regretting what you've said or what you've done. I think there are many situations that we can all relate to where we've been in a really upset place with a partner, with a best friend, with a colleague where we snapped or we sort of lashed out or we were a little more vitriolic than we would have been if we would have processed that emotion first instead of communicating Uh, from that place of anger. Yeah. Right? So I want to talk first about some do's and don'ts. And then I'm going to get into sort of a four-step process. First thing that is do, do know that processing anger is important. There are a lot of you out there, I am sure, who grew up in a family where any type of emotion that wasn't happiness wasn't really allowed. It was like, if you're going to pout, you go to your room. If you're going to throw a tantrum, you go in your room. There was always a punishment around any sort of negative emotion for a lot of people. Sure. So as a child, we sort of adopt this idea that expression of anger is is something to be squashed. It's something that we don't do. It's... Hmm. So we can have all of these different perspectives about what anger is. So I would start kind of thinking about what is your, what's your belief around anger, the emotion of anger? Because what I want you to understand is 
it processing anger is important. It is a part of our energy. And if it's something that's really boiling up inside of us and we squash it, oh my God, that's a recipe for disaster. That can manifest as it chronically, if we're doing this chronically over and over again, that can manifest as illness or injuries or any sort of disease. It can also be anxiety. Yeah. In fact, we know that anxiety and depression are iterations of our fight and flight response. Oh, really? Yeah. And hmm. it, I was actually learning this in my hypnotherapy training because when we think about going into fight or flight situations now where let's say we feel really threatened by our landlord or we feel really threatened by our boss at work or a situation with our spouse, if we can't actually run away, we develop anxiety. Wow. If okay. we can't fight, we develop depression. So it's really, really crazy how huh. how those things are tied together. And so now we have, I mean, think about how anxious that makes us when we can't like let something out. You know, you can't mm-hmm. go off in the boardroom. You can't yeah, go yeah. off about what's happening. So yeah, really, really crazy. And I could, I could actually have those backwards, but it doesn't matter. The main point though, what I want you to really take away is if we do not channel that anger or address it in some way and we try to stifle it or we don't deal with it or address it, it will manifest somehow. This is why you have a lot of couples who everything will be kind of walking on eggshells really quiet, 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 and then a fucking explosion. Yeah. Yeah. And you try to cover up all the holes and (laughs) you try to just make sure everything's okay. And then there's this eruption because there are deeper seated resentments. So the first thing is you have to know that processing anger is important. So do know that. Now, don't, if we're going back into these do's and don'ts, don't dismiss your responsibility in the matter. How so? We've talked about this a couple of times on the pod, and this all comes back to delivery. A lot of times when when we're angry, it's because we feel victimized in some way. Mm -hmm. Like what somebody else has done has made our life really uncomfortable or it's unfair. And sometimes it legitimately is. The anger almost always is warranted. How you feel is completely okay. There's nothing wrong with you. And at the same time, you are 100% responsible for your choice of behavior. And that includes how you communicate when you're pissed. Mm Mm-hmm. I've used this example before. So let's say your partner forgets to pick up your kid from school and you have been running around, you've been having a super busy day, and all of a sudden you get a call that your kid hasn't gotten picked up, you have to cancel plans, your schedule is thrown all out of a loop because somebody did something forgetful, right? Right. And you are furious. Are you are you yeah. are you valid in being furious? Absolutely. Of course. Of course you are. But if you unleash on your partner, that is not something that you can just discount as, well, you fucked up. So if you didn't fuck up, then I wouldn't have to scream and yell. Mm. You are still responsible for your delivery. You are still responsible for your choice of words, for your cadence, for your rhythm, for your body language, for your inflection, your tone of voice. That's great. How you show up, you are always responsible for that. That's great. Most of the time, many times. We feel so vindicated and so validated in our anger that we feel like we get to be bitchy about it because you made such a mess. I, you, well, don't do that then if you don't want to hear me go off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And we disregard our piece of the matter. 
Are hmm. you allowed to feel that? Yes. And you are still 100% responsible for how you communicate. You're still 100% responsible for how you behave and your choice of actions. So do not dismiss your responsibility. Another don't. Do not sweep it under the rug, as we were talking about. That will fester. My best friend talks about it being almost like trying to hold a beach bottle or beach ball underwater. Yeah. And you're just trying to push it, push it, push it. And it will eventually come out. And that's what is usually the problem. It's the eruption. It's the huge go-to-blows fight in the relationship or even in the workplace or best friends or siblings or whatnot. It is the ailments, it's the injuries, it's the disease, it's the anxiety or the depression or the, you know, behavioral issues that come up because you aren't addressing emotion. Now, I don't think it's just anger. I think this can relate to sadness. This can relate to grief, shame, embarrassment, all sorts of different emotions. But I feel like anger is one of the most challenging for us because it is such a gut response. Yeah. Because it is so easily accessible for us. So much more so than even comfortable emotions like joy. It's mm-hmm. easier for us to get pissed off. That's true. Than it is for us to sink into like God, a, that's so true. a really beautiful situation. I mean, think even about social media. It is so easy to cruise through social media and I will experience anger faster at politically motivated or something meme right? Like that will get a rise out of me more so than like a beautiful story of that, that Ellen reunites people who birth or something like that. Like those are really heartwarming for me, but viscerally I feel that anger more intensely. That's a great point. Yeah. Because of that, we tend to feel so uncomfortable, especially if you were raised in a scenario where it was not permissible to feel anger uh-huh. and there was shame around that. We register it as bad. This is bad. It's not. All emotions are just messaging. It's there to tell you something. The same way we experience physical pain that's like, hey, Amy, pay attention to this issue in your knees or pay attention to your stomach right now. We might need to throw up that food. Don't eat that food. It's a <laughs> warning sign, our body telling us. Yeah. It is the exact same thing with emotional pain. When we have emotional issues like anger or frustration, grief, shame, any of that, it's our body going, hey, pay attention. I'm trying to tell you that this behavior is not okay Mm -hmm. or this scenario is not okay or you are not at peace with what is happening here. We need This calls for some action, but you're still 100% responsible, responsible for that choice of action. I use this example all the time, like if your partner cheats on you or if you find out about, you know, bills that have been racked up, is it understandable that you would want to key their car or burn all their shit on the lawn? Of course it's understandable. Is it acceptable? No, it's not acceptable. It's not okay. Is it acceptable for you to go beat the shit out of a punching bag at kickboxing class? Yes. And we're going to talk a lot about channeling anger and dealing with it because it's a piece of energy. That's it. We can work with energy. Yeah. 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 All right. So do know that processing anger is important. Don't dismiss your responsibility. Don't dismiss your delivery and don't sweep it under the rug. Do know that communicating from anger rarely yields the desired result. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When have you ever unleashed on your partner or your sibling or parent and they're like oh you know what that's such a good point i can't wait to be what you need rarely ever yeah it just doesn't happen 
I bring this up a lot about the the political atmosphere. We just yell at each other. Nobody says, like, I really want to understand where you're coming from or why that's of relevance to you or explain to me your reasoning. We just go right into why everybody's wrong. We do not listen to each other. And one thing that we do know from science, literal science, that has been conducted through numerous different experiments from Dr. John Gottman, is that if we do not feel understood, we will not make a change. So that means if your boss doesn't feel like you understand where he's coming from or where she's coming from, that means that they are not going to change a goddamn thing. Yeah. You have to understand people in order to relate to them and help them make change. Hmm. But we're not taught that. Nobody teaches us these skills. That's right. Ever. You're right. Until you listen to this podcast. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Or right. you take your program. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> or work through Deep Down and Dirty. That's exactly right. So Deep Down and Dirty, if you're not familiar, is my incredibly robust signature program. It's an immersion that spans almost four months where we nail down a lot of this stuff, like dealing with emotion. Because most of the time when people come to me, they don't say, they don't say, oh, you know, I really need help processing my anger. They go, I can't stand my fucking spouse. Yeah, 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 yeah. How do I get my partner to do what I need? Verbiage is very different. How do I, how do I access happiness? You know, I just want to be happy. Or I just feel like everything I do is never enough. That's a belief issue. Those are communication issues. All of that stuff can be rectified, but you have to look deeper and you have to look internal because waiting on everybody else to change, you're going to be waiting for a goddamn long ass time. Yeah, we got one life and I don't know if it's going to happen in that lifetime a lot of times. It's not. It's definitely not. So if you have not caught my free workshop... I talk all about my specific process and a lot of the things that I think people come up against, like blame, blaming other people. This is a perfect example. When we're in anger, we want to blame, blame, blame. It's your fault. If you weren't such a dick, I wouldn't have to unleash on you. I wouldn't have (laughs) to be so angry. I wouldn't have to be so controlling. And we discount our piece in the matter. And what we don't realize, especially with blame and especially in interpersonal relationships, when we change... We automatically create an environment where somebody else can change. Mm-hmm. When we engage in a conversation from a place of vulnerability, we naturally elicit vulnerability from that other person. Yeah. It's so much easier. But think about common angry situations like driving. If somebody cuts you off. Your natural response is like, fuck you. And do you think that other person is going to be like, oh, you're right. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have cut you off. <laughs> it's more likely that they're going to reciprocate that anger. That's right. That's right. Right? So this is one of the major pieces that we talk about in Deep Down and Dirty. So if you have not caught this workshop, it's completely free. It'll talk all about blame. It talks about people-pleasing, perfectionism, and my process to get people through that stuff so that they genuinely feel enough Mm -hmm. and that they can actually say, you know what? I'm really happy in my life. So all you need to do is go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop, and you will be able to access that whenever you choose. And I highly suggest that you do so. Definitely make sure that you don't have, you're not driving because you'll want to be taking notes because there's going to be stuff like why positive affirmations don't work. And you're going to be like, oh shit, that's why it's not working. And you will want to have a pen and paper. So check that in the show notes, thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. Perfect. Finally, under the do's and don'ts, do not try to resolve anything when you're pissed. Mm. Why? 
this is, okay, this is another one that's so counterintuitive, especially if you are one of those people that wants to resolve issues immediately. Yes. And almost always there's somebody in that partnership, whether it's a marriage or a boss and a subordinate or sibling parent or sibling sibling or whatever it might be. Almost always there is one party who is like, but why though? But why do you need that though? <laughs> yeah. But just, okay, but just tell me this real quick. And they want to keep going and keep going and keep going. And it never resolves anything. Mm-hmm. And it's extremely ineffective when the other person is the type that hides out okay. and doesn't really, isn't the combative type. When they're both combative, that's when sh- that's when domestic violence happens. Oh, that's yeah. when shit hits the fan. I mean, it's really never successful. And what you have to remember, whenever we're in anger, most of the time, we want something remedied. We want something fixed. We want somebody to do something differently. But if we communicate from that place of anger, they are not going to hear you. So keep in mind, what we're doing is we're trying to be heard. We are trying to be seen. We're trying to get something rectified. So we have to communicate from a place where we can be, where that other person can go, okay, I really hear what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And let me just say this too, from personal experience, this shit is not easy. This is not something that you just snap your fingers and it's done. This takes years of practice because think about it. Whenever we were kids and we didn't get our way, what'd we do? We screamed and yelled. Cried. Until we got to a place. My little brother, you fell on the ground and threw a tantrum and spun around in a circle. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. And so we get to this certain age as kids where, you know, crying and screaming and yelling, like when we're babies, that's how we get fed. That's how we get our needs tended to. We grow up a little bit older and our family goes, that's unacceptable. Go to your room. You can't feel that way. I don't want to hear it. Hmm. Yeah. And so we're not taught, here's a really healthy way to channel your feelings. Here's a really healthy way to deal with emotion. Which, by the way, I do talk about at length about dealing with children with this regard too. I did a podcast specifically about teaching personal development to children. And a lot of it is around emotional intelligence because I think majority of our issues in our society would be rectified if we taught everybody emotional intelligence. Well, I think, you know, as a baby, you're the only way you can communicate is by doing those things. Right. And you get to a certain age where you have words and then you use those words to express what your needs are. That's right. And not the screaming and crying and you right. know, throwing tantrums. Right. That there's a phase where adolescents and children have to learn how to use those words in the proper way to get what they need. That's right. And that's emotional intelligence. And most of the time, though, parents will say, if you're going to have that attitude, you go to your room. Right. Yeah. They reprimand them and say, if you are going to have that attitude, here's how you can work with that. Right. Right, right, right. And then I'm ready to talk to you when you've calmed down, but not making it wrong. Because there's so many times when we go, you shouldn't feel that way. And Mm. we tell somebody, you shouldn't feel that. Don't be discouraged. You shouldn't. You have everything to be grateful for. And we discount people's emotion. We do it as adults too. Don't feel that way. No, fuck you. This is how I feel. And I'm also responsible for that. So yeah. I need to work with that. And so those are those are our do's and don'ts, all right? Now let's move on to four steps to dealing with anger. First step is you've got to notice it and name it. Most of the time, we are so in autopilot and we're so acutely focused on the incident 
the thing somebody did, that we forget even what's happening in our own emotional self, that we're getting worked up, that we're getting hot, that our heart is starting to beat a little bit faster, that we're getting worked up and we're getting furious. You have to stop that process right there and notice it and name it or else you're not going to be able to progress with any of the further steps. Hmm. The first step is notice and name. I am furious. I am so pissed off right now. I am so upset. And own that. Because a lot of times we go, that person is such a fucker. Or that person is so irritating. Instead of going, I'm irritated. Uh I'm irritable. Yes. You have to claim your emotion instead of going, it's all that person's fault. Because that's what anger typically is. Mm -hmm. Right? I agree. Notice a name. That's number one. Number two, channel it. Channel it. This is non-negotiable, y'all, because this is what will fester and compound over time. Absolutely. Now, a couple of ideas for channeling it. Perhaps the most effective and the most quick is, or I should say quickest, is physical activity. High-intensity workouts. Hot jumping jacks fucking jazzercise, (laughs) dancing it out, putting on a couple of songs and dancing it out. Get them leggings on. That's right. Get some leg warmers. (laughs) But we do know that it usually takes a good 20 minutes of high intensity in order for that to start to subside and abate. Oh, wow. It's a place for it to transition. 20 minutes. About 20 minutes. Okay, good to know. At the very least, do something physical. Run around your house, do some jumping jacks, something yeah. to start I, I, getting that I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was just going to say at 19 minutes, you really haven't done anything. It's that 20th minute that you really get the benefit. 19, done. <laughs> it's just, you might as well just sit there. Might as well not have done anything. That's right. Yeah. You're right. 19 and a half, not even close. Not even close. That's right. You got, you got 30 more seconds to get where you need to go. That's right. And then you're done. Complete it. And then clear. That's right. That's right. So channel it, physical activity. (laughs) Now, that's not the only thing you can do. And you also want to pay attention to how you process best. I know for me, I have to be audible. Some people can journal that like crazy. Yeah. And they can write it out. And they can, you know, maybe write an angry letter to somebody they're pissed at. And like, here's all the things that I'm so upset about. Yeah. And that is incredibly healing and cathartic for them. Great. If that's you, do that. For me, I have to talk about it. I have to be vocal. Mm-hmm. That usually means talking to my best friend. Immediately, we have sort of like this walkie-talkie app that I use for all my clients, my best friends, all my colleagues. We are on this app. So I can immediately go leave a voicemail and say, let me tell you what I'm mad at. <laughs> and then I usually have to get that out a couple of times. I'll be honest. I usually have to do that, depending on the scenario, a couple of in a couple of instances. With people that I highly trust. So if you have that friend who could be the go-to, I just need to yell this all out and just yell it out on their voicemail or you have some sort of arrangement. It could be a coach. It could be a therapist. It could be an online forum if you like to type and write. Something where you are safe, though, in your ability to express and you are very clear what you are doing. I I'm expressing this. I'm getting it out of my system because I know if it sits in my body, it will fester and compound. And I do not want that. Even something like furious scribbling, Hmm. just uh, 
even that is an expulsion of anger, getting it out of your system. Beating the shit out of your bed, just having a, <laughs> you know, something like that where you can I punch. I like drumsticks or something. Drumsticks, yeah. kick, punching bags. Uh, you know, I have my boxing gloves, something like that. My brothers, when we were little, they had the, they were called wrestling buddies. Oh, I remember those. Shout out to any kids who grew up in the 80s if you remember these. I remember wrestling buddies. One of them had Macho Man Randy Savage. And I think the other one had Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. I think. Do you remember that? I do. God, we've been together forever. We have. Jesus. So they would get those wrestling buddies. They're basically like a pillow but shaped like a doll. And then they would jump on it and pretend they were wrestling with it. I'm like, that's what we need. We need adult wrestling buddies for when you're furious. That's great. Go get the wrestling buddy. Go get your wrestling buddy. Go get your wrestling buddy and take it out in the ring. Take it out in the ring. Learn how to channel that. Learn how to channel that. And that's, you know, that's one of the things that I talk about in in the podcast about children is like giving them all these suggestions of like, here's what you can do to go process this. Mm -hmm. And what do you like? Do you like art to channel it? Do you like music to channel it? Do you need to dance around in your room? Do you need to, you know, beat the hell out of like a drum set? What is helpful for your kids? What's helpful for you? So acknowledge how you process the best and employ this, okay? Because when we don't, we have micro infractions, something like, I'll just have another drink tonight. Mm -hmm. I'll just have another drink tonight. The things that we think, oh, I can just deal with this. And so we turn to substance or we turn to these various types of addictions. And then we wake up one day and we're like, holy shit, I have a drinking problem. Holy shit, I have a a porn issue or a Netflix problem or whatever it might be. Or I'm overworking and I'm burnt out. It will create some sort of repercussion in some way. It might not be today, but it will happen because it's necessary for it. We are designed to process our emotion. Our society tells us, shut it all in. And that's why we have just a lot of the issues that we have. So I'll stop there because I don't want to get carried away. All right. So number one, notice and name. Number two, channel it. Number three, get to the real issue. So ask yourself, what is the real issue? Now, what I mean by this, if you remember earlier, I was talking about anger being a secondary emotion. What that means is there is typically a primary emotion underneath it, meaning that when we're super furious at our partner, underneath there, there might be disappointment. Mm-hmm. There okay. might be shame. There might be guilt. There might be overwhelm. There might be sadness. There might be grief. Makes sense. If you think about a scenario like, I've used this example a million times, but let's say your partner comes home and they leave their shoes out and you just had the house cleaned or you cleaned it yourself, something like that. And that just infuriates you. Like, how can you not see that I've put all this effort into this home and then you just disregard that? The presenting issue, the surface issue, the anger, the secondary emotion is the shoes. So the presenting issue is you leave your shoes out. Yeah. That's, and I'm angry and I'm pissed about that. Okay. If we dig deeper and we go, what is the real issue? The real issue has nothing to do with the goddamn shoes. It has to do with how you feel in the relationship. There's a lack of uh, mutual respect. I don't feel respected in this relationship. Or consideration for the efforts. Right. Appreciated. I don't feel appreciated. I don't feel seen. And it could be massive disappointment that you're feeling. What is the real issue? 
at work? Is it that you feel like you've been micromanaged? Do you feel a sense of disrespect that they don't care about your well-being or how overworked you might be? Is it blatant disregard for your well-being? Whatever it might be, most of the time there's this presenting issue of it's about the shoes or it's about the report that I didn't get in on time or an Underneath there, there is the real issue. So I want you to ask yourself this question. What is the real issue under this presenting anger? Because I'm mm-hmm. here I am, angry, angry, angry. But what am I really feeling underneath this? And what's the real issue? Yeah. That will help you dissect what we're going to do in number four. Mm. So number four then goes into what do I need to do or say to move beyond this? Okay. So that comes into play when you figure out, oh, okay, the issue is not really the shoes. The issue is I don't feel uh, appreciation or respect in this relationship. And it's not just the shoes. It's in our finances. It's in our cohabitation. It's in our parenting. It's usually that is just a metaphor for all of the other ways you don't feel appreciated in the relationship. Absolutely. Okay. So that's where you get your information. And now it's your your job to dig beneath that and look at what is really happening here so that I can be proactive, so that I can talk to my partner, so that I can talk to my boss or my subordinates or colleagues or siblings, whoever it happens to be in these scenarios. So notice and name, number one. Number two, channel it. Figure out some physical activity or scribbling or journaling or writing a letter or talking with a friend, something. And that is non-negotiable. Number three, get to the root of the real issue. What is the real emotion that you are feeling beneath the anger? Is it grief? Is it disappointment? Is it shame? Is it sadness? Is it overwhelm? Is it guilt? Now, you could also have a scenario where your partner does that. And what's really happening there is nothing to do with the relationship. It's everything to do with you are experiencing extreme overwhelm in Mm, your life, around your work, around things that are happening with family. For sure. And one small misstep on your partner's behalf when they normally are incredibly appreciative and very respectful and you fly off the handle with that anger. Yeah. That's for you to excavate and go, you know what this really is? I'm, I am overwhelmed and I took that out on you. Yeah, that's good. But you won't figure that out until you ask yourself, what is this really about? What is the real issue? What am I really feeling? And sometimes it's directly related to that person and sometimes it's not. They're just getting the brunt of it. It could be that your workplace, your subordinates or people beneath you are getting the brunt of it and you're actually really pissed at your partner or your kid or you're stressed out about a diagnosis in the family. Mm -hmm. And it's easier for you to snap at people on the phone when you're at work than it Mm -hmm. is for you to really excavate this grief around a diagnosis in the family. Right. As an example. What were you going to say? I know. I wasn't going to say anything. Oh. I was just listening. Oh, cool. Yeah. Just along for the ride. Yeah. So that is so looking at the real, real issue. And then number four, what do I need to do or say to move beyond this? This is where in that last scenario, it might be an apology. Okay. It might be circling back to that partner and saying, hey, I'm, I really communicated out of anger today. And 
I realized what that is about is 100% about my overwhelm at work. And I wanted to make it about the shoes or the blinds or the fucking chocolate-covered almonds or whatever dumb argument you got in. Yeah. And you made that person wrong. And you really dug in and looked behind it and went, oh, shit, this is my issue. Right. So it could be that it could be a tough conversation where you look at the scenario and you go, this is a metaphor for how I feel in our relationship. It, this is, it's not about the shoes. It's about the disrespect or the lack of appreciation. So it's a tough conversation that needs to happen. Yeah. That could be the case with your boss. It could be something where what you really need to do is let it go. It's a decision of, no, I don't want to keep this friendship any longer. I don't want to. It's not worth it to me to have a really deep conversation to try to remedy this. What I need to do is move beyond this. I need to be done and move past. But is there anything you need to do or say to keep your side of the road clean, Hmm. to move beyond this piece of anger? All right. Now, this is definitely going to be a sliding scale because obviously some things will anchor into you much deeper you know, sure. for example, childhood anger, like anger that you harbor towards a parent, let's say, for how they behaved as you grew up. Or a bully or something like that, right? It could be yeah. extremely deep-rooted. So your move beyond peace might be a little bit more involved. That might be working with a coach, doing a program, finding self-love for yourself, working with positive mantras, things like that. Versus if you just get really pissed seeing something on Facebook. <laughs> You might be able to very easily move beyond that. Now Brad is triggered. (laughs) Right. Now Brad is triggered. (laughs) So there you have it. Let's do a quick little recap. Do's and don'ts. Do know that processing anger is important. Don't dismiss your responsibility, which is your delivery. Do not sweep it under the rug. Do know that communicating from anger rarely yields the results you desire. Mm -hmm. Do not try to resolve anything when you are pissed. And then as for the four steps to dealing with it, number one, notice and name. Number two, channel it. Number three, get to the real issue. And then four, what do I need to do or say to move beyond this? Very well done. Yeah? Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> and now I'm spent. Yes. So I have nothing else to add here. Bring on Snuffle Up, I guess. Give me this lap dance. <laughs> I'm going to fall asleep. <laughs> I'll go get the suit. Be right back. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, wow. Oh, wow. All right. Well, I'm hoping that this is helpful. And again, if you're looking for that deeper dive and you're going, God, Amy, I love these ideas. How the hell do I make them stick? Well, I'll tell you what, you might want to check out that workshop because that is what I do in this world is help you get to that place where you genuinely feel like you're enough, where you're not residing in this place of blame, either for other people or for yourself. Mm -hmm. You're not stuck always caring about what everybody else thinks, this perfectionism, people-pleasing. So go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. Be sure to check that out. And I think that's it. Anything else you want to throw in the mix? No. That was well done. All right. So we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. Out.